Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Zoe Crandall's life didn't exactly turn out the way she had planned. She's facing eviction, her business is going under, and she's resigned to a life of one-night stands. Just when it seemed like her whole world was unraveling, she meets Paul, a fellow lovable loser, and the pair uh, have an instant connection. There's only one problem. Paul is married. So uh, with the help of her friend, best friend, Zoe devised a plan to save her business and salvage her love life. This is the uh, backstory behind this wonderful new comedy called Social Animals, and we're joined today by the director and the writer of Social Animals, and that would be Teresa Bennett. Teresa, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have you. I really enjoyed this film a lot. Uh, it happens to have some really wonderful actors, and we, in, in some manner of speaking, we, we kind of mentioned Josh Radner and, uh, as well as Noel um, Wells and I had Noel on for Mr. Uh, Roosevelt a couple of months ago, so uh, I'm I'm familiar with her talent and her ability to carry a movie, and so she certainly does that here. Tell me a little bit about the backstory behind the making of Social Animals and uh, your decision to turn this into a feature film. Well, it's funny. I actually started writing the film seven years ago, if you can believe it. So the first draft was about. Seven years ago, and I, I just had this crazy idea that people might want to see an honest and real movie about love and relationships, and also a movie that's centered around women as the lead, and was sort of written in an authentic woman's voice. And uh, you can imagine how many billions of dollars came flying my way after <laughs> that total ironclad pitch in the sound. But, uh, but no, we really went to war to make this movie. I mean, we really fought day in and day out. I was kind of alongside my producer, Ash Christian, and we just thought, you know, so many of the movies that we were seeing that centered around women as the lead seemed to have these very typical archetypes. And we wanted to make something really different, and we wanted to make something that really rang true to audiences. Um, so, you know, essentially it went through a million rewrite process processes over, like, over half a decade as my life changed and my, you know, perspective on love changed. And it's sort of a movie that's been with me my entire adult life. So it feels really strange to kind of have this finished product that we're really proud of and, and to finally be releasing it out into the world. It kind of feels like it was my baby when I started and now it's like my over, my like really college age child who's been living in my basement and <laughs> kind of needs to go out and get a job now. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, so I'm just going to translate into a, a slightly uh, different way of putting it. You made the movie you wanted to make. Yeah, I did. Okay. I really did, and it was it was tough, but it was incredibly worth it. Well, it is wonderful, and I, I gather once you had the script together, once you did battle to get the financing, get things going, uh, getting this cast together, which is a really terrific cast. Uh, tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that process in pulling to, in Noel um, Wells as well as Josh Radner and Aya Cash and others who are in the film. Honestly, the casting process was really just up and down. I, I met with so many actors about the movie, and there were so many incarnations of the movie that could have been made, but I think there just came a point, kind of, you know, six years in, where we said we really need to start with Zoe, and we really need to cast who we want, 
And if that means no financing and the movie doesn't get made, then the movie doesn't get made. But we'd rather fight and try to make the right movie than, you know, make a movie that we don't like. Um, so I came up with Noelle Wells after seeing her work on Master of None and then, you know, checking her out on YouTube and seeing her just amazing impersonation videos. She just has this amazing ability to transform into anyone. And um, I just thought she was the perfect person to carry the movie. So she was sort of our first real, you know, ironclad casting. And then she said to me, hey, what about Josh Radner for Paul? And it was funny because Josh was sort of someone I wrote with in mind. I, I've loved Josh's work forever. Um, I'm less familiar with How I Met Your Mother and more familiar with his work as a director and his indie films. Mm -hmm. And also uh, Afternoon Delight, I was just in love with. And I thought he gave just the most amazing performance in that movie. So Josh was always who I wanted. So it felt really weird that Noelle would even bring that up. And uh, we went to Josh and he just really fell in love with the movie and fell in love with the music in the movie, actually. I wrote, you know, music cues within the script and I write to music really frequently. Mm -hmm. So I got a chance to really work with a lot of local Austin bands, which was pretty cool. And yeah. Josh really responded to that because he, he's a musician. He thinks really musically as well. Yeah. Um, and I had met Aya and Fortune just kind of in passing for roles in the film over that two-year period where I was meeting actors. And I was very, very careful sort of in the casting of Jane and how I, I wanted to find an actress who really would treat that role with a lot of care because I think it could have been played in a really sort of like shrewish way. And it, it wasn't. It was, it was played really empathetically. And, and I hope that audiences really take something away from that character that they relate to. And Aya is just so phenomenal and just like a dream to have on camera. She really like made me so excited to come to work every day to direct her. And, uh, and Fortune's just hilarious. Like, I, I love her so much, and I just love her sensibility and tone. She's so great off the cuff. Um, and then Carly Chaikin and Samira Wiley were actually, like, just ideas we had right as we went into filming the movie. And they happened to be available and loved the script, and we kind of got them out to Austin within, like, a week, which was insane, and I feel so lucky to be able to say that. Yeah, and they're all great. They're really, it's just really one of those films that, uh, where the characters grow on you, where you feel, you, you just, you like them, and you like everybody in them, no, no matter what the issues that they're dealing with in the film. But I gotta tell you, Fortune kind of jumps up and, and, and snatches a lot of the films, uh, yeah. the film scenes that she's in. And she's, she's really funny. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, so it's great. It's just, yeah, again, it's a great ensemble cast. And for just for my own impression of Josh Radner, I have never seen uh, How I Met Your Mother. So I have seen some of his work in film. So yeah. for me, there's this kind of scruffy likability to him and his character that he plays in the film that uh, really carries a lot of the film itself. She, he's just terrific in it. So as, as well. That's great to hear. Yeah. He's a, he's a really likable guy generally. And to have a director with that level of knowledge on set every day on my first movie just felt like such a privilege. He would literally, between takes, like every other day, just go, Teresa, you're making your first movie. Just to remind me to be grateful and to take in the moment. And that was just super cool of him. And, and it, was, it was awesome. And he wasn't like a backseat driver in any way. He totally just let the movie flow and kind of let my style flow, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're speaking with uh, Teresa Bennett. She's the writer and the director of this film called Social Animals. It's a comedy. It's coming out today, June 1st in Los Angeles. Check it out. It's very funny. Uh, and very good. It's through Paramount Pictures, Vertical Entertainment, a whole bunch of other good people are behind it. And it's got, like I said, it's got a great cast. Are you in town for any of the openings this weekend? 
I am going to be in L.A. I am, you know, with uh, with the kind of the solace of opening your movie, there's also, like, a ton of work that goes into it. So right. I'm going to be here for the premiere. And, uh, and yeah, I'm basically, it's back to work on Monday, basically. Okay, well, where, are we, where could we see you uh, for the premiere of this? The premiere's going to be in L.A., and, uh, and it's, we're basically doing, you know, just a, basically a big party for the cast and crew and everybody associated with the movie. Okay. And then um, we did a we did a small Q and A at USC last night, which was really great, and I was so thankful to be there and to get to meet all the really smart people who asked amazing questions. Um, and yeah, that's basically okay. where I am. Okay. Well, you, you, the film is based in Austin, and there's a lot of, and I've never been to Austin, but I've had it, so many Austin filmmakers on the program. I feel cool. like I, I could go there and probably find a good place to get a good taco. Uh, it's, it's not hard. Literally, <laughs> will hit you in the face with a good taco off the plane. Uh, but uh, it, it feels like there's some inside kind of humor uh, with with the with the setting of Austin. There's a lot of the, obviously shot around some of the more artistic parts of Austin, uh, the more uh, avant-garde, if you will. It, it, were, were you were you having some fun with your, with your setting in, in the making of the movie? Oh, man, I had so much fun with it. I, I'm a native New Yorker, believe it or not, and I had originally intended to set the movie in New York, and it was sort of a story about the gentrification of a city. But it's funny, after seven years, my city had already gentrified. Yeah. So <laughs> New York, you know, had become this giant Dwayne Reed, in a sense, and often seemed to be just on the cusp of that. It seemed to be a town that was a cultural hub and this, like, sort of artistic mecca. But when you go there, there's this amazing setting, and it's kind of accented by all these cranes and all these condos going up. Yeah. So I spent a significant amount of time in Austin and just fell in love with it. It felt like a second home, and, um, and I just fell in love with certain locations. So they were written into the script. And then also I had 11 days of prep on this movie, which sounds insane. And it was, um, <laughs> so I really just kind of tore through off and I literally found some of my locations on Airbnb along with my location scouts and like begged people and store owners to let me use their storefronts. And people couldn't have been more accommodating and cool and just open to yeah. letting us make this movie. So I was so grateful to make it there. And local Austin crews are literally just the best. We had an entire Austin crew, aside from the DP and one producer. So yeah. I was really, really, really lucky. It was 95% female as well. So those Austin ladies are no joke. They they know what they're doing. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And um, by the way, I do think that Ario Speedwagon is not cool, even toast. <laughs> Postmodern referential, by the way, I agree with Noel on that. <laughs> okay, good. So yeah, but but anyway, that was just—it's a lot of fun, and I I I'm kind of leery about venturing down this path because I don't want to pe put people in the wrong frame of mind about this or right frame of mind. I don't whatever it is, but this film is certainly kind of a an, uh, the actors in it, the sensibility is of a certain age group if you will is that fair i mean what's coming from uh, like with mr roosevelt when noel came in to talk about that uh mm -hmm. I, I i felt like this is a this is a we're seeing an emergence of filmmakers who have grown up at a certain time and place and this film to me feels like that as well this is a a very universal story about people and relationships and the struggles and the funny parts and the sad parts and all of it but there's also a certain sensibility coming through it for me of a of a of filmmakers who are emerging with their own voice and that's how i would would talk about it in terms of your film would you agree with that or is this something that you 
you feel? I definitely agree with that. I think what's interesting is I've always thought of the movie as sort of a coming-of-age story, but a really stunted coming-of-age story. So, <laughs> you know, I, I wrote the film when I was in my 20s, living in my horrible apartment in New York, literally with, like, a shower in my kitchen. I could do dishes and take a bath at the same time. And then my last draft of the movie was, like, you know, living in Los Angeles and actually having a career and falling in love and finding a partner and companionship. So a lot of that and a lot of that growth went into the actual script and, you know, what you'll see on screen. So I think whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, if you're somebody who understands that love is not perfect and love is terrible and wonderful and gross and awesome and amazing all at once, then I think you'll relate to this movie on some level because it's all stages of a relationship from being single and sort of cynical about love to sort of marrying someone that you feel looks good on paper because it's what society tells you to do. Or if you're in a marriage that feels loveless or sort of at a crossroads, I think it kind of, you know, spans the gamut, but it's certainly written in a young woman's voice. And I tried to really stay true to that. Yeah. How many shooting days did you you have for this? We had 23 days total. That's pretty insane, but that seems (laughs) to be about the standard amount of time. That's a that for people who don't know about making films, that is, you might as well have jetpacks on to, to be able to do because there's a lot of setups. You do a lot of different scenes. And so I can appreciate just what you told me and what the time went into prepping and all that to be able to pull all this together. You, This is one of the wonderful things about independent filmmaking is everyone gets in the same boat and everyone's got an oar and everyone's moving in the same direction. And it feels like that was the case here. For sure. And we made all of our days. We zoomed through production. It was, you know, we obviously had no prep time. But I think when you have a really, really great crew who knows what they're doing and just is ambitious and says yes to everything, it seemed like we were just, we were also excited to come to work every day that like, we literally never went into overtime, which is, which is really rare. When you're on set, do you know when you've got the, the right take are you, are you, did you feel like you grew as the director of the film when you knew you had what you wanted? Is there, is there a, was there an internal growth within you making this film that, in that regard? Oh, for sure. I think when you're a first time director, it's really funny because you don't necessarily find your footing and your, your complete voice until you're like halfway through making the movie and then it's almost done. So there's a big learning curve when you get on set because it's something no one can teach you. It's something only you can experience when you step onto that set and actually call action and you're making your movie. So I think it's about, you know, finding the balance between like running your crew and and running your departments and also, you know, having a shorthand with your actors. And it took a while to really like get all of those things in, in sort of a symbiotic place. But, um, but yeah, I know, I definitely know when I have my takes, I think, you know, I can almost remember, like, the moment when they happen and sort of the direction that it took. Um, but sometimes there's several takes. And with improv, you never know. Yeah. Because there are so many funny moments, like, fortune seems to improv so much in this movie. And a lot of it was me, like, hiding in a closet, literally calling out to her and just asking questions that she would then form into lines. Um, and it was so laugh out loud funny. My crew was, like, falling on the floor. So I think with improv, it's a little bit tougher, and you find that in the edit room. So that's something you learn, too, in the post-process. Yeah, and I can imagine that the, that learning curve. You're, I can imagine. That's absolutely right. It, it, but it's also kind of 
so coming out of comedy, I do think this is true with the people I've talked to and been around, is that people who are involved in comedy and who are in, especially improv, have to be intuitive. They have to be able to yeah. read an audience. They have to be able to read a scene, the actor they're with. And I think that heightens your ability to pick out what works best very quickly. And I think that's probably served you well in the, in the making of this film. Thank you. I'm going to pay you the, the, the in, in closing, I just want to pay you an addition, some more compliments on the film. And that is you have a lot of people in the film, a lot of setups, yeah. a lot of time, a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. I felt like I knew these people. You were able to draw the characters into a, to a point where I knew who they were. I knew more or less where they were coming from. And, and you did it in an economical way, in a way that... Uh, tell the, t- tells us a lot as a, as a someone in the audience, and uh, I, I, congratulations on that because that uh, to me is the foundation of being a good director and moving forward with with making more films. It's going to serve you very well. Thank you so much. I really I, I appreciate that so much. It means a lot to me. Thank you, and, and well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I know it's a busy day for you. I know uh, that uh, uh, you're basking in the all of the attention right now, and you should be. Congratulations on the film. The film again is Social Animals, and we've been talking with the writer and the director behind it, and that would be Teresa Bennett. Teresa, uh, thanks for coming on Film School. Please come back again. Thank you so much. I'd love to. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.